What's going on, everybody? This is Renee Perez and Curtis Owens, and you're listening to the Rough and Real Podcast. What's going on, Curtis? How you been, bro? Been great, man. How you been? I've been good, man. Oh man, how was uh how was your Memorial Day week ish? Weekish and ish thing. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was relaxing. Um we didn't really get to do nothing. I think people were supposed to be barbecuing, nobody really did anything. Okay. Um my aunt they put- um uh, I think you just didn't get invited. Dang. Is that what happened? <laughs> I think, dude, I saw smoke everywhere. People were definitely barbecuing. Man, you just didn't get I think that's kind of what happened, man. Because I showed up at my aunt's house. They had a bunch of food already, you know, prepared, and half of it was gone. I was like, "What? Well, where was the party at? Oh, uh, there was Dang. no party. Sorry. Is that, is that what they said? That's cold. I think man. I was there. I actually, I probably just left. Right before you you saw there. my cousin at Target. You saw my. You know what? You're right. You probably did, man. No, nah, that's I'm joking, bro. How was yours? Cool. Yeah, it's same thing, brother. I had a cool week. Um, actually, last weekend I had my in laws show up. So my brother, uh, my brother-in-law was here, my sister-in-law, their two kids, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my boy Angel and his wife all came through. Damn. And we just kicked it, bro. It was just, literally, we just kicked it. I ended up throwing uh, some meat on the grill, and I did tell you, and I did invite you, told I'm, you to I'm swing looking by. at you like you. And I did, no, I did tell man, you to swim by. I called you, your see, wife was out of town, and I told you, you said, oh, she'll be back, and I said, you get a chance, come this, through. Now, see, when you go up to somebody and you say, hey, well, you go ahead, and if you if you feel like it, go ahead and swing by, that's just like, oh, yeah, you know, if you want to come by, sure. You didn't say it was meat on the grill. You didn't say it was a party. You, you know, that's, that's a whole different thing. It man. wasn't a party. That was just meat on the grill. Bruh, have you seen me? You think I'm going to have a get together and not have food? I, I'm just saying, man. Bro, I didn't get 260 by just like starving on like salads. Oh, you 260 now? Because you got the, the hat, the three-quarter sleeves uh, right, bro, shirt? I ain't going to lie. Look at look You look small. <laughs> you, you look small, dude. You look small. Three-quarter baseball tee right there. Certified Christian shirt. All right, bro. So we've been on the draft. This is fun. But- we actually got a guy hanging out with us in the studio today. Yes, we do. Somebody in the house. Yes. You want to introduce him? Should we let him introduce themselves? What should we do? Jared Aragus, man. This is one of the most dedicated men at Thrive Church, man. This guy loves the Lord, man. How you doing, Jared? I'm doing good, man. A little tired today, but overall, you know, can't complain. What do you mean by dedicated at Thrive? What does that mean? You know, I've known him for a couple of years now. He started a little bit before me, I believe, but we kind of did like the growth track classes together. We started in the same small groups together. And I just remember him just being just real, like really just into the Lord, man, and just like connected to the spirit, man. You know, so you guys met at church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were all brand new, this guy was already like 10 steps ahead of everybody, man. It was amazing. When did you start going to church, bro? To this church. Let's go there before we go. Yeah, to this church. It was um, it's been about, I want to say three years now. Because me, me and oh. Curtis started going around the same time. You were already there. When I went there, you were already. No, no. Actually, you know what? The first day we went was a Wednesday night. And I remember you and Letty and one of your moms was sitting right behind us. And we, and we left there like, man, who is the people talking a lot behind us? One of my moms? Yeah, it was either your mom or it was Letty's mom was there. It was a Wednesday night. No, not at the beginning. On a Wednesday night? It was a Wednesday night, man. And What was going on? Was it a service? It was just, you know, that they had those men and women's groups. And that was one of the times that they were together. No. <laughs> this is one of those situations where y'all all look alike. I'm just letting you know. Go ahead, man. <laughs> it just dawned on me, bro. It just dawned on me. Oh, this is hilarious. He said one of our moms. It was actually a good friend of ours, neighbor that lives down the street. That's funny. But it wasn't me. It was actually me. I actually moved. I know what day you're talking about now. We were in the um, right next to the kids' chapel. Yeah, yeah, the flo- uh, the overflow room. The overflow yeah, room. Yeah. yeah, it was a Wednesday night. It was like a Bible study. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. So me and Letty started going, and we took a friend of ours. But her and Letty get together, and they just kind of get the giggles. 
Oh. Where like everything just <laughs> makes them laugh. Like one, everything. So I literally, I remember that now. I actually moved up like a row because I'm like, man, y'all going to make me look bad because I ain't up here laughing. The I was class like, clowns, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. And they just wouldn't shut up. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking so, about. So yeah, that's when we started going. So you were you were already there. I think that was right before. Yeah, we were I probably a couple weeks in. Yeah. We were probably a couple weeks in. So we all started around the same time. Roughly around the same time. Yeah, it was, it was basically right before I moved out here. Wow, that's cool. All right, man. So that's awesome. Okay, so what do you do for Thrive? Because Curtis said you're the hardest working. Is that what you called him? Yeah, but he just had twins, man. This guy's got like nine kids now. <laughs> what do I, I mean, I ain't got nine kids. Let's not go there. Uh, you know, at, at Thrive, you know, I, I serve when where the Lord tells me to serve. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm one of the leaders of the softball groups. Call them groups now, so I don't want to say ministries, but you know, the softball groups, the sports group. I help Jackie run that. You know, I help with the cares team with Pastor Jason. You know, open the building when I need to. I do security on week three. Um, you asked my wife and I'm doing too much, you know what I mean? So I had to scale right. back. I was an intern there for a little bit, taking those, those classes on Tuesday nights and, you know, just trying to learn about the Lord and, and see, see what God has in store for me. But, you know, I had to take a step back after the twins were born. So, so were you saved before that? Is that when you got saved? Is that when you found the Lord? Like, what's your story? No, I, I was saved, uh, December 28th of 2014, so, uh, okay, San so Jose. Yeah. I was living in San Jose, born and raised there. Um, actually a week prior to that, December 21st of, uh, 14, uh, my 21 year old cousin had lost his battle with, uh, leukemia, you know? So, you know, and we were raised at the same house we were like brothers, you know, he's a lot younger than me, but you know, it was, you know, anytime you go through that, it's kind of devastating. So, um, and at the time I was working at Chick-fil-A in San Jose. So Wednesday came around a few days later, a church group had called and said, Hey, we're on our way. I know you guys are about to close. Will you guys serve us? Like, as long as you get here by 10, we got you. So, you know, the pastor's son just talked to me a lot. You know, we hit it off, same age, you know. I told him what was going on. He invited me to church, you know. So the very next Sunday after my my cousin passed away, I was in church, gave myself to the Lord that day. That day. Weeping like a baby, man, you know. Right. And it was, you know, just this past week would have been his birthday so wow you know wow. that's crazy okay so and then you just what, what was the name of that church uh new harvest christian fellowship shout outs to them yeah yeah man it was you know when i when i met my wife and i moved out here that was you know besides my barber that was the hardest spot to leave right you know i was trying to come out here so were you getting involved in that church too doing a lot of the, the groups of the ministries they have there it was maybe 50 people real small church most oh, okay. most of the people were were family you know what i mean it. they were all cousins and you know, in-laws and married in and, you know, all that stuff. So um, they didn't have a lot of the stuff that Thrive offers, you know. What made you move out to Lathrop? Uh, my wife, man, you know. Well, we she, were, she wasn't your wife at the time? No, 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 no. So you guys were dating? Yeah, yeah. So we were dating. Um, we met camping. I had known her parents for about 10 years before I actually met her. Stalking her? You know, no, no, no. She was, she was, it was Labor Day weekend, That's you know. That's what I was thinking. And uh, I'd met, and I had, I had met the kids before her kids, you know, and, and one Labor Day weekend, you know, she was up there. So we just were talking, hitting off and I was talking about a book I was reading at the time, Live, Love and Lead by Brian Houston. So we, you know, we, we were talking, you know, about that stuff and we had a good weekend and, you know, I just came back to San Jose and. You know, I, I did maybe try to stalk her and look her up on Facebook. Couldn't find her. You know, <laughs> I knew it. Man, we should be therapists, bro. We should. Yeah, besides the show, we're doing therapy now. Hey, but, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks later, I got a Facebook message from her, and you know, nice. She came out the following Saturday. I was coaching baseball, middle school team, and she brought um, Dante, her you know, her oldest son, with her, and 
you know, our first date was, you know, me, her, and her oldest son, bowling, you know, out right. in San Jose. So. And he's a big kid, by the way. He he's is now. He wasn't that big when I first met him a couple of years ago, but I, I recently ran into him over at Save My. I don't know if you told you, but I seen him at Save My. He was with a buddy of his. They were walking somewhere or getting dropped off or something. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't even recognize him instantly. Yeah. He got a haircut now. Yeah, he looks like Drake now, man. I'll, yeah, I'll call him baby Drake. <laughs> hey, he, he was bigger than me when I met him. So maybe not wow. you, maybe not you guys. Wow. You know, because I, I am short, that. right? So, but yeah, you know, so my dad's been trying to get me out this way for a long time, but you know, I guess it just takes a girl. So let's, let's rewind a little bit, man. Cause you know, you, so you're walking around the campsite with five love languages book and a bunch of other like cute little books, hoping she notices it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you were, you were playing games back then, dude. You were really after her, bro. No, I actually was just a, um, my mom's friend. She was going through a hard time, you know, and stuff. So I, I had brought up the book. I just finished it. It was in my bag. And so I let her borrow it. Told her to give it a read and, and see what she thinks. You know, she's still got that book. This guy was all in, man. I told you, he's dedicated, man. Yeah. I was but you know that. that, you know, the Lord was what drew us together and attracted us to each other. Yeah. You know, the, the love that she had for the Lord and apparently the love I had for the Lord at the time, you know. That's what hit it off. Now, was your wife already also going to church and she was saved the whole nine? Yeah, she was going to church here, um, not Thrive, a different church. So um, before I moved out here, we were I was coming out here for the weekends. And, you know, I visited the church she was attending a few times. Wasn't for me. You know, not every church is for everybody. You know, so when I said, like, hey, you know, I want to move out here and, and pursue this, like, I said, you know, let's go church shopping. It was tough for the kids, but... We went to Thrive on that Wednesday, and after that, man, I, we all fell in love with Thrive. It was, us, I mean? it was us in the background laughing, see? That's yeah, was, bro. giggling back there. Yeah, he was like, oh, people actually have fun in this place. Dude, you <laughs> could have been the reason why he didn't go to Thrive. You know that, man? You, Not me. You, you yeah, your yeah, wife, and, your, and your, one of your moms, man. <laughs> <laughs> one, of your, one of your moms. That's the funny part that he said that's one of, my, one of our moms. Because it was just a friend of ours. She's like our age. Man, that's so younger than us. I, I, I never turn around, like, man, because I feel like if I turned around, I would have gave an evil eye or something. But, you know, so. but I want to I touch on something you said. You said you came out here, you went to a church that she was attending, and the church wasn't for you. What do you mean by that? Because I think a lot of people also go to churches, and, and I don't know if people feel bad because certain churches don't fit them or they think it's everybody's supposed to fit. What do you feel? What is it that about the church or whatever that wasn't for you? Well, I, I think you guys have touched on it in previous episodes about Thrive and just like the love that you guys get when you walk through those doors. You know, you got a greeter at the door. They give you a smile. You know, hey, brother, how you doing? You know, I, I went to this church, you know, like I said, quite a few times. And, you know, the lead pastor made eye contact with me. Never, you know, I stuck out with like a sore thumb. When I first started going to church here, I was wearing a tie or a bow tie all the time. You know, I kind of stopped because I gained weight. So I kind of looked funny. But, you know, um, he, you know, he just never came up. You know, nobody ever really stepped up to. Nobody approached you. Yeah. You know, so. And like coming from a church of like 50 people, you know, everybody knew everybody. It was, you know, that's where I was kind of used to. So coming to Thrive, you know, and just seeing like, oh, man, this is bigger church than I'm used to. So I was a little hesitant when I first came on a Sunday. But you know what? Pastor Eric, you know, came up right away. You know, and started talking to me. So, you know, that's that's the thing about Thrive is, you know, all the pastors are in it. You know, they're in it. They talk to the people who go there. They make them feel comfortable, you know. So it just was, it just wasn't for me, you know. Right. You know, and, and I know her and the kids enjoyed it. But I thought, like, as a family, we should find something that we all kind of like. So so let me ask you real quick. So the church wasn't for you, the environment, the, the, the vibe, you can say. But what about the message? The message that you were receiving, was the message good? You know, the message was good. It was hit and miss. You know, I think just like all the time, you know, 
sometimes that message isn't for you at that time. So you don't, you don't feel it then. You know what I mean? It might hit you months later, but it was meant for you. But at the time, it, it, the message didn't hit me at the time. One of the reasons I want to bring this up is because I, I've actually been thinking about this sometimes. Is uh, People sometimes go to certain churches and they don't feel comfortable. But I think we put as people, and I, and I could be wrong, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. That's fine. But I feel like sometimes we put too much emphasis on how we feel and not so much on what we're what we're actually there for. You see what I'm saying? Like, you go to a church, but if the message is good, that's kind of what's important. I understand we want to feel comfortable, right? Because that's, we want to feel good. But if the message is good sometimes, that's, we're there, ain't, ain't that what we're there for? It's definitely a relationship thing, but I think if you, I mean, if you were to walk into someone's house and you just, the vibe's not right, you're not really feeling it, you're already kind of like uneasy. So it's hard for you to really like, you know, let go and let God in that, in that instance, you. you know what I'm saying? So if, if, you know, to me, God's house, everything is perfect. And I'm not saying our church is perfect, but in God's house, everything's perfect. So when you walk in, you should already feel love. You should feel a certain type of way. And when you sit down, your, your soul is just ready to receive. I, I mean, personally, I no, think. No, no, I get it. And, and the reason is because I know when we first started this podcast and we started talking, me and you, we talked about certain churches you go in and you don't feel comfortable. And I've been right. there. I'm not, right. I'm not saying what you felt is wrong or nothing. By all means, I felt it too. So what I'm trying to say is for the people out there that maybe are going through something like you, understand that there is other churches that it's okay to, you called it uh, church shopping. Mm-hmm. You go around, you get a vibe. You definitely want to feel comfortable. But I, I just wanted to kind of expand a little bit on that for people out there that maybe are looking for a church to go to. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and you know, if you've only gone to church once or, or maybe you just didn't have the experience you were hoping for, I would definitely go try something else or maybe even try that church again. You know, I know for me, you know, like Curtis was saying, if if you don't really feel comfortable, I think us as people and in our flesh, we put up walls. You know what I mean? Definitely. So that message might have been spot on. But if I don't, you know, if you don't feel comfortable, you know, you, you might have a wall up there and you might not be getting everything that God has intended you to, to receive. So, um, yeah, if you're, if you're out there and, you know, you might have not had the greatest experience, you know, try something else out. You know, like Curtis said, you know, Thrive, you know, may not be the best church, you know, in the world, you know, but it's, it's right for certain people. You know, right. you'll find a church where you're at, you know, just keep having faith and. And and you'll find a spot to call home. Definitely pray for a church. Pray for pray for what you're looking for, right? Because some people, you know, don't want all that attention. Sometimes people just want to kind of be in the cut. Maybe that's yeah. What they and want. I was gonna say and, that too. You know, maybe it's for them. Yeah, me, not all. Church me personally, people. I was looking for a relationship. Right. So this this church, you know, suited me well. I mean, for example, we I met this guy, and we still are close to this day. Right. We didn't just like hang out that, that short period in that class. And then, Oh, I see him, you know, whenever I see him, right. We stayed in the same groups. We just kind of like stay connected. And I think that's just kind of how thrive set up. Like I needed connection with everybody to grow in the word. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah of like course. it wasn't just me sitting in a front row, listening to pastor Eric and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. I know the Bible. No, it was, it was being in those small groups, like with Elbert and this guy and having these conversations and, you know, if if the church is not really promoting that, it won't. It wouldn't work for me. You know, what I mean personally. Right. So that's just my my thing. And and you know what? And that's that's what I needed too. You know, moving from San Jose, only knowing family out here. You know, I needed relationships. You know what I mean? And I found it at Thrive. You know, like our our growth track class or whatever. They, I think they call it like a foundation class at yeah, the time. At the time yeah. You know, and we, I met this guy, and then you know, met you through softball. You know, you guys were both at my wedding, you know, mine and Jennifer's wedding. You know what I mean? So it's like you get that connection and, 
you know, Albert and Natalie are my twins godparents. You know what I mean? So you you know, that's what I needed was that that relationship. I think it's the first time we really hung out too was at his wedding, right? Right. You and I? Yeah. Well, at least that's that's the that's what we concluded on. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's what we concluded on. Because we, we couldn't even find out how we started talking, but that's, that's what we true. Concluded on. Man, yeah. Definitely. But no, one of the things that I wanted to say is um because I know you came here talking about, oh, that's my boy, and that's how we talked. And me and this guy also got a little bit of history, bro. We play softball together. Bro. Listen, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we 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 lost a lot of games we together, man. We lost a man. lot of games together, That bro. first season was brutal. There was a whole lot of, we'll get them next time. <laughs> now, did one of y'all get staph infection from that field, man? Because I, I every definitely, time. I definitely did, man. I never did. I, I actually wear what is knee going pads on and I wear. At Big League Dreams nah, in Antica, yeah. man. Nah, yeah. I heard that turf is like. Well, disgusting. turf anywhere. You, you spit on the ground and you slide and you get a wound. You know, that that staph infection happens. Yeah. Oh, so. Okay, so you wanted to come in here, bro. You you know, not only did you want to come in here, we asked you to also come in here. We've been talking. What's on your heart, though, bro? What is it that you want to talk? What is it that the message you want to relay to the people out there? Well, I think, you know, we had talked about it a little bit before, but I know me coming here, getting married to somebody who has three kids, you know, and the whole blended family thing, you know, um, 2019, you know, there's a lot of blended families out there, mm. you know. And I, th- I think I just wanted to touch on that and just what it, what it's like to to go through your day to day, you know, being a stepfather. You know what I mean? And now, you know, in my experience, throwing in seven month twins, you know, seven month old twins in the mix. You know, I, I just wanted to that was on my heart because I know there's people out there that, you know, are either in a blended family or were raised in a blended family. Right. You know, so. That that was really pressing on my heart was was a blended family. So and, and looking in the Bible, there's there's some blended families in the Bible and stuff like that. But like I told you guys before, you know, Joseph was not Jesus's biological father, but we all know that Joseph loved Jesus, you know, and he would do anything for Jesus, you know. So, you know, you, you don't really have to look much further than that as an example of a Christian example on how to to treat your stepchildren. Right. You know. How old are your stepchildren? Dante's 14, Devon is 10, and Deanna is 7. You know, so it, it's a little hard, you know, especially with the 14-year-old, you know. You know, and here I am, a stepfather being brought into the, the situation, you know. And you guys were at the wedding. You guys seen, not only did I marry Jennifer, you know, but I had gifts for each one of the kids, you know. And I, I made vows to them that, you know, I would be there and I, I would always be there, you know. As, as Christians, you know, divorce isn't an option, for Jennifer and I. Dude, let me just say, man, at the wedding, I, I'm glad you brought that up, man. You had, like, almost the whole audience, like, in tears, man. When you did the, you know, presenting to the stepkids and, and, like, giving them a gift and, like, you know, making a vow to them. That was, like, amazing. I've never seen anything like that before. Well, yeah, I mean, it was something that was on my heart, you know. And Jennifer didn't have to approach me about it. You know, we didn't have a conversation about it. I, I actually brought it up to Jennifer about doing something like that. Because I wanted them to know that I love them, you mm. know. Yeah. And now, now we're, you know, I'm at a point where, you know, I got a 14 year old who's a typical teenager and it's really hard to, to, to bond with him. You know what I mean? And to, to get that love through to him. But I think he had everybody crying, man. He, he, he bawled real quick. You know, he had, yeah, dude, crying. he looks like a seven year veteran in the NFL, but he's a teddy bear, man. He, you know, he's, oh yeah. man, he, he has a heart of full gold. hugs and stuff. It's funny. Yeah. He, he has a heart of gold, you know? Right on, bro. Uh, I read an article that said uh, one in three Americans is actually a part of a blended family situation. You know, and that includes myself. You know, my father, you know, I've got half brothers, you know, from multiple mothers. You know what I'm saying? So it's very common. You know what I'm saying? It's a very common thing. So how do we relate that in in Jesus terms? You know what I'm saying? Eventually, she would have met someone 
that would have came in her life and been the stepfather to her children. Mm. But God blessed her with this guy who's a man of God who can come in, provide that, you know, prophet, priest, king type thing over that, that household where he can pray for that household, keep them in line, keep them in church and sanctify them in a way. You know what I mean? I think that's such a beautiful thing, dude. Uh, how important is it for you to raise them in the church to get them involved in, in the programs they have at the church? Because they do have like rangers and they have these things for kids. How important is that for you? I think it's very important for the majority of my life. I wasn't raised in a church, you know, I made the choice to come to church. You know, we want our children to know God and know his love. And, you know, at at some point, you know, they're going to have questions like what we're going through right now with our, with our 14 year old, you know, typical questions that they're going to have. But we want, that's, that's the main part of, you know, God is first in our household. Right. You know, our marriage is on God's foundation. So now our kids and our relationship with our kids need to be on God's foundation. You know, everything goes through God, you mm-hmm. know, and that's the only way it could be. And not just family life, but, you know, when we talk about anything. Because I know your, your, your parents are also in church, go, also go to this church. Does her family go to church or is, is her family also involved? Is it like a, a big family thing or is it just kind of one of those hit and miss? No, no. You know, my parents started going a little bit after we went, you know, and my sister started going as well. Right. But no, her family doesn't go. You know, they were at the baby dedication last weekend. You know, they they showed some support by going. But no, they, you know, my wife's working on them. Yeah, no. I, you know. All she can do is plant seeds and, and then yeah. we let Jesus and God do the rest. Yeah, and, and you know, Albert's over there planting seeds with him. And I know she was saying that you guys were having some good conversation, I think, with, with Lorenzo. Yeah. You know, her stepfather. But yeah, my, my parents are a big part of church. They they serve at church, you know, and that, that's actually my stepmom. You know, I was gonna say that's a blended family. That's a, you know, it's a blended family as well. You know, and sometimes it's hard to, for me to explain it because I do call her mom, and she's more of a mom than my biological mother's ever been. So I personally have a good example to look for, like look towards just in flesh. You know, my my mom, you know, Linda, she never treated me any different than than her three biological kids. You know, she always showed us all the same same love and respect. You know what I mean? So, so when I got into this relationship with Jennifer, you know, I, I had something in the flesh to look towards, you know, but in reality, it, it does end up coming down to the, God's love for us. And, and I'm a big believer that, you know, since I started following the Lord, that there is really not a coincidence. Like there's no such thing as coincidence. I believe God always has a plan. You know, by looking at and hearing your story, it sounds like you were almost prepped for this. By being raised in a blended family, by having that example in your life as at a younger, you know, younger age, that now you can understand kind of what your stepkids are going through. Because you have almost had to deal with, with Linda that way. You see what I'm saying? Like you had to accept it and you had to understand that love where now you're if you came from like didn't have a blended family, it'd be hard for you to try to relate with your stepkids because now you're like, Well, I had an example. Now well, I that's gotta, a good point. Now that's I gotta be really the example point. for them. Right? Yeah. And, and and that they're gonna grow hopefully and, and see, well, you know what? My biological dad didn't step in, but that's a good man. He stepped in and he took that that spot that a lot of men, let's be real, a lot of men wouldn't do it. Yeah, that's You know, true. because especially three kids, it's a big responsibility. And let's not, you know, sugarcoat it. it. It is. It's a big responsibility, bro, especially at teenagers. A lot of times it's not bad when they're six months old, a year old, because then you kind of like, oh, well, that's my baby. But once they're, you know, getting older and getting to the teenage years, we were all boys. We were all teenagers. We yeah. all dealt with. Yeah. We know what a teenager has to go through. Right. Right. The temptations, the, the the school, the pressures. But you had an example, bro. And I think that's glory to God that you had an example and that you were a blessing to those that now you're in their lives, bro. 
And you have the opportunity to flip that around. And it ain't going to be easy. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure, bro. And I, I mean, we don't get too personal on those conversations, bro. But I can I can just imagine right, how difficult it is for you to relate. Because when I was a teenager, first of all, nobody could tell me what I could do when I was 14, 15. You see what I'm saying? Let alone some man who now all of a sudden you want to step into my household and my life. And now you all of a sudden think you got some kind of authority over me. Dude, that's hard, bro. That's that's hard for a teenager. But I'm sure you've had examples now from your dad, Linda, to see it, to be like, hey, I've been there. And a hey, and bring a Christian, uh, you know, authority over too, and that and that's hard in itself. You know, what right? I mean? If he was to come in and, and play like the friend, and oh yeah, let's do. I remember you guys were having like you know issues with certain music he would listen to and stuff like that. If you were to come in and just be the nice guy, it'd be a little bit easier. But if you're coming in, and you're bringing that that foundation of Jesus. And you're like, hey, this is not really what you should do. That's even tougher, man. So, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you you said it though. I mean, at the beginning, you know, I was listening to you know, worldly music. And I was listening to it around him. You know, I was listening to, to music that was degrading women. I was listening to music that, you know, was using foul language. Um, I was, you know, I would have a beer here and there, you know, but, you know, God put it in my heart that like, I am a, his example now. Right. You know, I am the man of the house. So, you know what? I, like I showed him, you know, I don't listen to that type of music anymore. The only music that comes and through my ears is is Christian music. Now it could be Christian rap. You know, he's into rap. So I try to show him some of that stuff. You know, he wants to listen to his worldly music right now, you know, but and then I stopped drinking alcohol, you know, so I don't want to be his crutch when that day comes when he wants to start experimenting on things. I don't want him to be like, well, you know what? Jared had, you know, alcohol at the table. You know, Jared drank beer. You know, he listened to this. You know, he said this. So, you know, Right now, my job is to to change my family's history, you right. know, because my family's history, no, nobody before me really went to church, you right. know, on either side of my family. Like my biological mom's side of the family, you know, they have issues on their own, you know, just addiction, you know, issues like left and right. So uh, I'm just trying to change that for my kids and my grandkids, you know. Well, and I think that's very important because uh, we've mentioned it on the show that a lot of times what you tell them doesn't really, you know, resonates with them. It's what they see. It's that example. Because I know I look back at my dad and I can think back. I honestly can't remember too many things that he actually told me, but I do remember a lot of things that he did. You know what I mean? Um, I remember whether good or bad, however you want to look at it. But those are those things I remember. So for me, that was my example. So now I catch myself doing certain things that I'm like, man, my dad used to do that. Not necessarily saying the things he said, but doing the things that he did. Coaching my son in baseball, the way my dad coached me is kind of like, Man, I remember my dad, you know, pushing me that way or doing certain things. And I and I see it. So it's good that you've actually caught on to that and said, hey, I'm going to be the example. Not not with words, because one thing is we can all sit here and tell a kid, hey, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. But then you turn around and you go do it. They're going to be like, man, you're full of it. Why do I got to listen to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know, he, he wants to be a rapper and, and his thing. So, you know, we let him write a rap. And, you know, I read it one night and, you know, it was it was not very pleasant to read. And I had that conversation with him. I said, look, you're saying all these things, but yeah, you've never done any of these things. So what if you're listening to a rapper and you find out he's full of it now? Most of them are. You know, and that's what he said. Most of them are. Yeah. I'm like, you still listen to that? You know what I mean? So, it, it, you know, it is difficult. And I think the the main thing is being obedient to what God has put in your heart. You know, I didn't wake up one day and just say like, oh, I'm going to change things. God had put it in my heart. And it might not have been the day that I decided to change things. 
But, you know, God had put it in my heart to be obedient, right. you know, and I think obedience is, is the key factor in basically anything you do. Dude, you let know? me give you some credit also, man. I remember, um, you know, you guys, you know, being engaged and, and you guys deciding to come into it, you know, in a pure fashion. I mean, talk about that. That was great. They decided that they were not going to, you know, be of the world and do it right before marriage. man. Oh, we're talking. OK. Yeah, I mean, when when I was when I first moved out here, I moved in with my parents, you know, and I would stay the night, you know, with Jennifer, you know, a couple times a week, you know, and it was really Jennifer, you know, it was putting Jennifer's heart, honestly, to to be like, you know what, we need to have this this relationship, you know, be from God, you know, we need God's blessing on this relationship, you know, so yeah, you know, we decided like for the kids too, and for us is like we don't want them to see that. So we had a conversation with the kids that I'm not going to stay the night anymore. This is not right. This is not God. God does not agree with this. And we had that conversation with the kids. So, you know, I, I just stayed at my dad's house. You know, I would I would hang out, go home for the night, all that good stuff. But, yeah, we, we wanted God's blessing on our marriage. And to be honest with you, man, he has truly blessed our marriage. You know, just like any other couple, we have our little arguments here or there, you know, but we got married a year and a half ago and. You know, a year later, almost to the day, you know, we had twins. You know, we tried for one more. Little did she know, I I prayed for two. You know, and we ended up having twins. So, so yeah, you know, God's God's totally blessed us, and and it was it was Jennifer's doing on that one. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I remember you uh, having those private conversations with you, man. <laughs> I mean, making, we're, we're making, guys, you know, making funny. Yeah, you know, that was I just thought that was so cool that that you know you guys weren't you know you were actually really trying to do it right. And I thought I just thought that was beautiful. I mean, it was like that, that was really cool, man. And to show that example to the kids, you know, like before hey, it's not good to do stuff like that before marriage. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's really cool, man. So good job. Yeah. And it, and it falls on the, the obedience part of it. You know, it's yeah. it's not godly to do those type of things. So you're bringing God's love to that household, man. And I, I one other thing, too, about you and Jennifer, I remember in the very beginning, both of you guys actually like you guys were just on fire for Jesus, man. And I felt like you guys, again, you guys just, you had it in you from the start. And I remember thinking like, man, that's a, that's a powerful couple right there, man. I mean, you, I mean, again, you, everywhere, everyone struggles, but I think when it comes to keeping God center in your relationship, I see you guys just that not being a problem where other people struggle. You know, one of the spouses is kind of unclear about what the Bible says about marriage or whatever the case may be. It just seemed like you guys just had it dialed in right away. And that's, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean. I think for the outside, it definitely looked like that, but I don't want to sugarcoat that either. You know, I want people out there to know that, like, just because we, you know, if you guys know me and Jennifer, just because we looked like it from the outside, doesn't mean it was always that easy. You know, we, we struggle with it, you know, and I, I wasn't in my word all the time. I, I'm still not in my word as much as I should be, you know, so no matter how we look on the outside, you know, we're all struggling, you know, and we should all be diving into the word more often than we have been. You know, so. Amen to that, man. Amen yeah, to that. No, and I think it's something that's common that we talk about here. One of the good things about being on this podcast and, and doing this is that every week it reminds me to get back in my word. It reminds me because, I, I mean, we all slip, bro. I think people, you know, out there we try to let everybody know it happens. We're human. You know what I mean? And, and I go back to my word and, and I fall back and I start having weird thoughts and I'm just like, this ain't cool. And, and I don't know where he'll text me. And he'll be like, hey, so what's up for next weekend? You know, what are we doing? Da-da-da. Or he'll send me a scripture or he'll send me something, a video. And it kind of just flips that switch. I'm like, all right, I got to get back. You know what I mean? And we all need that, bro. And I think we always say, God, we were not designed to walk alone. 
for that reason. We keep each other accountable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Jennifer keeps me accountable on, on you know, most things, you know, and especially that, you know, and, and I need God in my life to be to have that patience that I need to have to be a, a father figure to three kids that are looking up to me, you know. Five. Well, yeah, now five. Nine. Absolutely. Not nine. Definitely not nine. Dante's like four kids in one. Man. He's a big dude. Man. But, you know, you know, two years ago. I was a single man, you know, and you know, three years ago I was a single man in San Jose, you know, did what I want when I wanted, you right. know what I mean? So it, it's been, it, it is difficult. It is difficult. The What I took on is definitely difficult, you know, so I definitely have to pray for patience. I got to remember that, that they don't have the discipline that they should at all times. And so, you know, I have to remind myself not to be too hard sometimes and show more love. What is, what is it? If you had to give somebody advice somebody who's younger or older don't matter but another male that's about to kind of go through what you went through what advice would you give them pick your battles you know i would say pick your battles when it comes to to discipline the church and and pastor arabella especially you know she really went through walked us through you know that we should have rules set and the kids should see these rules and they should agree to these rules and agree to the punishment you know, so we did do that, you know, but sometimes, you know, I, I don't pick my battles. And so I, I hear the kids be like, oh, don't say that, you know, you're going to get grounded or don't do that. You're going to get grounded. So, you know, sometimes I definitely got to pick my battles, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, people out there, just pick your battles, show them, you know, for every time you get on them, show them love, you know, do something that shows them love, you know, and, and I know I have to do a better job of that on a daily basis, you know. So, but I mean, going back to Joseph, Joseph stands as a testimony to the value of integrity, obedience, faithfulness, and especially to honoring the entrusted role of fatherhood. You know, so I don't know who wrote that or where that came from, but I definitely came across that. And I'm like, you know, I was entrusted by God to step into these three kids' life. And I don't want to fail. I hate disappointing people. I hate failing. So I know that God has put me in their life to show them God's love and to show them what a man should be about, how a man should treat a woman, how a man should treat kids. So, right. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. You've been, you've been doing it, man. Again, I have to give you credit. Like you said, it's not perfect, but from what I see, you're doing a great job, man. You just keep God center, keep on the focus and do you. I don't think you can lose, man. You're not going to lose, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, as long as I'm, you know, attending church regularly, praying daily, and speaking to God consistently, I know I'll be good. And then in return, I'll take care of my family. Right. That's yeah. a good word right there. That's definitely, man. Definitely. I think, I think that's, that's a big point to take away from this whole conversation. Taking responsibility and being there for the family. Because that's what's important. You know, we all we all make choices. We all do things. But at the end, it's about family. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Love. But I like that, man. Whatever role you're entrusted to with, you know what I mean? By God. You know? Own right. it. Absolutely. God, Own it. God gives us things that we just need to be faithful stewards of. You know, whether it's your job, or your family, you know, we all play a role, especially as men. We, we, we definitely play a play outward role in our families. Mm. So, you know, if we're not going to church or if we're not in the word, then our family is going to start to crumble. You know, and I and I've seen that firsthand, you know, what right. I mean? so we, uh, us men, we definitely need to, to, to stay strong, you know, and the fellowship part of it, you know, having a brother to be able to text you know, to be able to call and be like, man, this is what I'm going through. Like, help me out. I know you just went through this with your kids or, 
you know, or whatever it is, you know, it's just having that, the relationships and those small groups that we got. Yeah. yeah and being honest with each other too, because as much as I love to give credit to you, you know, I, if I wasn't seeing that, I would tell you I'm not seeing that and not judging you, but I would just say, Hey bro, you know, what's going on, man? I would, what's going on with you? You know, let me see if I can help you out or pray for you or whatever the case may be. So we got We got to look out for each other, man. We got to keep each other strong and encouraged, man. True. That's Any final thoughts on your heart, man, that you want to get out there? And, you know, just if, if you're in a part of a blended family, you know, it's, you know, going back to like weddings and like ceremonies and stuff, you know, you see people pour the sand in that represents each member of the family, you know, and then the sand sits there. I was thinking about it the other day and it, it's more like a stew. That you have a long marinated stew. You put all these ingredients in there. But if you don't stir that pot, you know, that stuff's going to burn at the bottom. Mm, you know, okay. so I think you really need to keep putting in the constant work of the family. You know, not just with your wife or your husband, but with your kids as well. You know, so it's constant work. A blended family is constant work. I'm sure a regular family is constant work too, but a blended family is definitely constant work. That's amazing, man. That's, That's, a, good good one. One. That's, That's good a good one. That's a good one right there. I like yeah. that analogy. I like it. And I can honestly say, it's like you said, it, all families, I think, are like that. Overall, you have to. But when you got when you do the blended family, it's a little bit more of a mix. Yeah. So I'm sure it takes that extra little spice or the extra little stir, like you said, to make it work. But I like that a lot. And I just want to say shout outs to, uh, to Linda, man. I, honestly, every time I've seen her, I forget that she's your stepmom. I always think like, oh, that's his mom. You know, not that your dad is your stepdad. He's not doing a good job. But I always like, oh, that's his mom. But I, I forget that she's your stepmom because that's just how much love she just, you know, right. she just makes it. She's stirring that pot. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful thing, man. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Thing. I love that woman so much. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. She's been, she played a major role in my life. And now that I have the, you know, stepkids, I can definitely relate to her, you know. so Yeah. Understand shout out more. shout out to you, mom. Love you. Yeah. And then shout outs to, hey, man, shout outs to Goose. Because I tell you what, I, I wish I could play ball the way that man does at that age. <laughs> that man will make me look bad, bro. Shout yeah. out to Goose. Now he's a good dude, man. Yeah. I love Goose. You know, here's a funny story. So his dad actually puts Goose on the back of his baseball jersey. He does. Yeah, it's Goose. And for a long time, I, I just started calling him Goose. Like, Ron was just kind of like, whatever, yeah. it was Goose, Goose. And it took me like two seasons to realize the last name, Aragoose, Goose. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's where it came from. That's you know what I mean? Funny. But that's it's a trip. Funny. But the only thing with him, though, is I don't like seeing him at at church when he's serving because that means I'm next the following week. <laughs> so, so every time I see him, I'm like, ah, man, my week's coming up. But no, he's always a good dude, man. I always love seeing him. We always embrace each other. He's a good man. And of course, Linda too is a good woman. Yeah, definitely. But, but definitely. Goose, big shout out to Goose. There you go. Both parents out there. That's good, man. All, All right, right, man. Are we so good? We're, yeah, we're good, man. I mean, absolutely. my brain is out, my brother. I guess, man. Hey, I just want to note real quick. I only showed up because I, I heard guests get the certified Christian t-shirts that you guys are wearing. That's not true. They I'm you. still they not, lie to you. Definitely I've been here true. for like an hour and a half and I'm still not wearing one. They lie to you. They lie. They lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we don't have them out. No, these, um, but I'm glad you mentioned them. They are going to be up for sale here real soon. But, um, wow, you parlayed the free t-shirt into a, a sale. It's a right sale, there. my brother. You see, I just flipped that wow. for 35 bucks. <laughs> dude, commerce, dude. No, bro, they they are coming out though. Um, so what are you saying? Yeah, we ain't got nothing right now. <laughs> <laughs> they out of stock. So we sold out. We sold out. They out of stock, my brother. But we'll, yeah. we'll find them. We'll figure you out, my brother. Yeah, you know we got you. Know. We got you. You family now. We always say anybody that comes into the show, for sure, for sure, because big time, rough and real family, my brother. 
Rough and real family. We've we've been family for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've always been family. It's about this rough and real. But you want to go ahead and uh, pray us out, my boy? Yeah, I can't turn down an invitation to pray, man. Appreciate you. Man. All right. Dear Lord Father, I just thank you for this this evening, Lord. I just thank you for, for my brothers here in Christ. I just thank you for being a part of this podcast, Lord. I just ask that anybody out there that's just searching for you, Lord, and just maybe a little hesitant, that you just break down their walls, Lord, that you just plant a seed in their heart, that they would just come to you, Lord. I just thank, again, my brothers for, for everything they're doing, for being obedient and serving you, Lord. I just ask for a blessing on everybody out there, just spiritually, socially, financially, and in health. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in. Jared, thanks again for coming through, bro, and sharing your story and your testimony and just everything, all the advice you gave. Really do appreciate you. Um, but thank you everybody for listening. Uh, if you guys got any questions, want to give us a shout out, do anything, follow us on social medias. We got the uh, Facebook at the Rough and Real, also Instagram. Now we got Twitter. Twitter. Twitter's up. Twitter's up and going. The Rough and Real podcast. What is it? Uh, the Rough and Real. The Rough and Real on yeah. Twitter. Hey, if you're a Twitter guy, a woman, go ahead and follow us on there. Give us a shout out. Uh, but thanks everybody for listening. This is Renee Perez and Curtis Owens. We are the Rough and Real podcast, and we are out.